Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patented process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So... Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. All right, rock stars, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the stage with me. You are in the venue at another rock star event. I am so excited. You are listening to, obviously, Agency Rockstars. I'm your host, Dan, and I am on stage today, as it were, with uh, my my new friend. I'm going to get to know this guy here. He is the president of Direct Online Marketing, an agency out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. His name is Justin Seibert. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I'm so excited to get to know you. I love speaking with um, Agency Rockstars because everybody has such a great story. Uh, you have so much insight to share with other agency owners, with, with listeners to the show. So we're going to have a great time. And we're going to start with kind of the beginning, as far back as you want to go anyway. Uh, how did you get into running an agency? What does your background look like? Yeah, so um, I, w- I went to school at Vanderbilt University, and uh, I wasn't what you'd call a studier, Dan. Um, so <laughs> when I got out, it was kind of, where am I going to go? I moved to Los Angeles, kicked around for a little bit, ended up working for a company um, in the financial sector. And in 2001, they came to me and said, hey, for us to grow, we need another marketing leg. We think it's the internet. Go figure it out. And I had no background in this whatsoever. Um, you know, they're successful in radio. Um, the the short version, uh, shortest version I can give you is that um, it was awesome because it wasn't about being funny or creative or winning awards or any of those things. Um, it was all about, do we, uh, are we creating sales? Are we delivering the type of value that we can actually see? And it was old school where we actually saw the board. So I sat next to the sales team and I would see, is the stuff I'm doing actually turning into sales or not? And on the flip side, if the leads were bad, I was getting an earful about, why are you sending me this garbage? Um, And then it would turn into this thing where they didn't trust my leads and they weren't going to look at them anymore anyway. So um, that was the genesis of it. Um, When I started, they were uh, doing... $25 $25 million a year in revenue. When I left in 2006, they were doing $35 million a year just from uh, Google ads or at the time Google AdWords um, and goto.com. And I think maybe it was overture at that point. So at this time in 2006, people still didn't really know if the internet was a real thing or not, uh, whether it could be used by businesses as crazy as it seems like that uh, now. Um, but I saw it and I knew. So when I moved back East for family purposes, um, that was when, you know, I was kind of looking around for jobs, but there weren't a lot of jobs for digital marketing in the Pittsburgh market and the West Virginia market. Um, and so I was picking up, uh, work on the side, had a, a pregnant wife with an infant living with my folks for uh, a period of time until we get adjusted. That was a lot of motivation to bring more revenue in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and so with the help of my wonderful, amazing wife, we took a leap and I started the agency in 2006. That's awesome. So, so you moved to LA and you didn't become an actor. That's the weirdest thing I've heard ever. Um, uh, or you didn't move there to be an actor. Like you I did there not. to get into finance. That's awesome. I, I did not. I actually moved out there, uh, believe it or not, to get into comedy, but I was so successful at it. That's why I started an agency in marketing. So <laughs> there you go. Um, how, how much does that stand up comedian desire and, and everything, uh, play into working with clients today? 
Oh, that's an awesome question. You know what? Actually, I was better at, um, I enjoyed stand-up, but I was better at improv. And improv has a huge impact on what you can do and, and it, how do you uh, listen? How are you contributing? How are you being positive? How are you uh, not saying no to things? How are you adding to things based on what the other person is saying and really keeping those ears open? And so it's something I recommend to everybody. I think everybody can benefit from you know some sort of training. We've actually brought in improv teachers just to have some fun, but also to, to train people here to kind of open their minds up a little bit more. Incredible. And so insightful. I, I've, I've heard it said, yes, and right. That's the, the improv secret, right? It is correct. <laughs> um, I, I love that. And I, 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 so like total geek moment, but I have a friend who does that here in the hometown that I'm in. Uh, they teach sales teams, the yes, and improv uh, thing. So I'm, I'm putting down, I'm picking up what you're putting down as they say. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Justin, let's, let's look at how, so you, you started this Back when your wife was very supportive, you started this this agency. You're helping businesses get found online and turn it into business. Makes sense. Um, how do you then grow and scale uh, digital online marketing over the years? So, um, you know, if I'm if I'm going to be frank with everybody, um, you know, the first nine years of the the company's existence, um, I had a company to give myself a job, and I didn't realize that's what it was at the time. But in retrospect, that's really clear what was happening. And so it was about six years ago, seven years ago that I looked back and said, what can I do to actually be a leader? What can I do to actually grow this company and turn it into something that's we're all proud of? We're contributing to our communities. We're contributing to the team members, to our clients, um, and really take it to the next level. And I, I give a ton of credit. If I can give a quick plug um, yeah. to the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. Um, that was something that I joined several years ago that kind of opened my eyes to some things that I wasn't thinking about at that time. Um, and so when we did that, we looked at what are the areas that we need to really fix after I kind of had this epiphany. And the first area was culture. And short version is we didn't have a great culture back then, um, it, more from not because I didn't care about people, but from I wanted them to have their own separation between work and uh, their home lives. Um but I wasn't doing what I could to build to make it a great place for people to be. So we worked really, really hard at that. We're continuing to work on that all the time. But I think that if you look at like last door reviews and things like that, we've been pretty successful at, at building it up. Next area we had to look at was operations. When I first started this off, I said, oh, we're so brilliant. We're marketers. We're just, we'll figure it out as we go along. Nothing can be worse for an agency than that because you're not consistent in what you're delivering to clients. So we had to work on that side continue to work on it all the time. How can we get better at it? And it wasn't until we got those things in a pretty good spot though, that we really turned to the sales and marketing side of things. So first parts were make sure that we're delivering that value to our clients and to our employees. And we can do that in a consistent way. And then let's turn on the gas. Cause I didn't want to be one of these agencies that, you know, we uh, double our sales every month, but we're churning hundred percent as well. So we're really staying yeah. in kind of that same spot. Gotcha. So I want to ask you a deeper question on this one. I'm going to clarify this. What I heard you say was that basically you had a bad culture because you wanted a work home separation. Did I hear that right? That's correct. So how does that lead to a bad culture? Are you, are you it's going to sound really like a, a smart ass thing to say, but are you trying to make work bad so that they enjoy their home life? Like, <laughs> how, how does that, what does that mean to you? 
but what it means was I wasn't stepping into the to the employees enough to say, hey, what do you want to get out of this? What will make this a great place for you to be? It's I wasn't asking. And, and, you know, I would have talks with people like, look, I care about you. If you want to share things with me, that's great. I would love to hear it. But I don't ever want you to feel like you have to share things with me if, if you're not. And I still don't make anybody share anything they don't want. But it was really leaning into, I, I think, this this natural empathy that I have and that more or at least as important that this awesome team of people that I have is, you know, I, I, when we do quarterly reviews with everybody and we always ask a couple questions, but one of those questions uh, we ask is why do you work here Um, or what could happen to cause you to want to leave? And those answers are, well, if our culture would change, if we stopped caring about our people, if we didn't have the people that thought this was a team culture, we're all trying to lift people up. Those are common answers we get all the time. So um, I think it's more about how do we collaborate um, and not that everybody's best friends with everybody, but, you know, how can we care and, and really provide them the opportunity to grow? I I think that was another thing that we probably weren't very good at um, in the past of, of saying, what's your, trajectory, uh, your trajectory, and how can we help you hit that? Fascinating. I've never heard culture explained in that way compared like, like that. I just, I've never heard that story before. That's, that's incredible. And it's, it's interesting because you, you don't necessarily think about it. Like, it sounds like you were, you just, you created jobs for people so they could have a job, but then go home and enjoy their life. You weren't worried about enjoying it while they were working, not just a job, but working. Yeah, it's exactly right. And I appreciate your bringing it out and saying it in a better way than I could. You know, one, one of the, one of my favorite stories to talk about is um, <laughs> we have um, a uh, Venezuelan woman here um, that's, that's worked for us for a number of years. Um, and she gets embarrassed whenever I say this, but it's a big part of her story. Um, and so we used to give good Anyas um, in our, what we call state of Dom, our, our all hands meeting that we have every couple of weeks. And it was an opportunity to express gratitude and to share what somebody else did to that really went above and beyond to make our lives better, to do something better for our clients, whatever it was that was really just more than, you know, the expectations of people. Um, and she'd been working here for several months and she finally came up to me and she said, Hey, can I, can I talk to you afterwards? I said, sure. Yeah. Let's, let's talk. What, what's up. And she goes, what's a good onion. And she has a little bit of an accent, just like I do. And, and so we were going back and forth before I understood that she was saying good onion and not good, you know, and she had heard that every time we said good on you. So we've actually turned it into a thing where we give out good onions and we have little um, kind of like stress ball onions that we give out. And every time that somebody does something, and um, I, I just think it's really important that we, we have such awesome people that they're recognized for that. And then we practice gratitude. Yeah. And done in a fun way, not like a make fun of the person's accent, like you've included her and, oh, I can see why. Yeah, that's awesome. And she's such a great, huge part of our business and has been for a number of years. And we're celebrating this wonderful thing that she's done and how she's, um, and and the kind of impact that she's had on the agency. Yeah. So speaking of impact, let's have a little story time about the client side of things. Um, Can you give me a story that highlights the impact you've had on clients, how you serve them? My favorite one, um, happened in January or favorite recent one happened in January. Um, and, um, I do check-ins with clients like, Hey, how are things going? You know, where, where are we, what can we be doing better for you right now? Where are we serving your needs? And we're talking through and we're having a discussion. And, um, as we're going on, she said, look, you, you need to understand the impact you have on our, on our business. Um, when we hire people and we show them like on the PowerPoint, the org charts within our business, Dom is on the org chart. Your team members that work on our account are on the org chart. 
they see who you are because you're such an integral part of what we're doing and, and helping us grow and, and really being a partner to us. Um, and, you know, everybody, CEO all the way down knows who you guys are. Um, and in fact, I also feel like it's kind of my job to shield you from some of the requests because they're saying, well, Dom, could Dom do this too? Could they do this? Just so you can, you know, not get overwhelmed with things. And, you know, it, Dan, you hear this all the time, right? Where it's, you know, well, what makes you different? Oh, we're, we're a partner to our clients. And I, I always feel bad saying that because it, it feels trite. But when I get those examples of how they, how they truly view us as an extension of their team, you know, it just makes me really proud of the folks that we have here. Yeah. And you're right. You do hear um, we're a partner. We're, we're an extension of their team. We're an extension of their marketing department. And that's great. And many people I'm sure are, but your example that that leader shows people, they hire you in the org chart, man, that gave me chills. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. What do you think the secret is to becoming that? Like how, how do you, now this obviously is this person, uh, you said she, right? Yes. She made this choice. She did this. This is her thing. But like, how do you even make somebody think of that? That's a really good question. Um, and I I don't know that I know the answer to it. Now, I think part of it comes down to our operations, right? Making sure that we have all the things for success on the communication side of things. You know, the fact that, you know, not, I don't know that any of these things individually are uncommon, but the, the regular meetings that open up a Slack channel if they want, open up a sauna so they can be into our team management if they want, um, you know, being very responsive is a huge part of what we do um, and being responsive with somebody that can actually give an answer and not, oh, let me go check with so-and-so who does this and I'll get back to you in a couple of days types of things. So we really pride, pride ourselves on that piece. Obviously, the results are part of as well because we can be really great at all those other things, but if we're not driving their business forward, none of it matters. So yeah. I think it's those things. But then the other thing is, um, I think we have a really good hiring process and we have some amazing people here. And there's no doubt in my mind that even with all the operations that we have, if we didn't have these people that cared, that were talented, that... Uh, that like people that want to help each other on the team that want to help our clients out, then I, I don't think we wouldn't get to that next level. Mm-hmm. And, and thanks for the honesty too, by the way, I love the, when you started that, I don't know if I have the answer like that, man, thanks for the vulnerability. Um, Justin, let's uh, help me understand your, your clients through the lens of their pain points. What kind of pain points do your clients see today? So, there's a couple common things that come up. Um, and so if you think about our business, a, a huge chunk of our business, about 80% of our business is demand gen, lead generation for B2B uh, or, or other similar types of places. And so one of a couple things is happening. One might be that they're just not getting the leads, but more often than that than not, it's they're getting the leads, but they're not moving through the funnel. So, I think if if we would look back, you know, truthfully at ourselves and where we were several years ago, we we're like, oh, if the client was upset, well, why are they so upset? We're doing this great job. I see the numbers, but we weren't always connecting it all the way down, sometimes because they weren't giving us that access. A big piece of us, just like our clients are judging whether they want to work with us in the prospecting stage, we're judging whether we want to work with them. And we really need to have that transparency and that openness that you're going to be able to share data with us and share feedback good, bad, indifferent, so that we know how we're doing for you. Um, so I, I think those are the, the the surface level issues that we deal with a lot. But the core issues we're dealing with, a lot of times it's the fact that they don't 
know who to trust or they don't know, they don't have experience in this, right? It's, you know, when I first started off the agency and it was me and, you know, one or two other people, I was doing payroll on my own, right? I'm horrible at payroll. I made mistakes. I was dealing with an IRS issue, not because I was trying to cheat them, just because I was bad at math and did something really stupid, right? <laughs> so we outsourced till we got to the point that it made sense to bring it back in uh, as our agency grew, but we outsourced that, right? To get an expert for that. And so our industry, as you know, is filled with snake oil. It's, you don't know who to trust. You don't know what's right. You don't have that own expertise on your end. So what is it that that we can do to provide that trust. And the only way we can build it up is through results and through consistency of our communication. And, you know, you, you brought up the word vulnerability. I love it. Vulnerability and transparency are two of my favorite words that we talk about here all the time at the agency. And what can we do to say, I don't know, but I can find out, let me look into it and I'll get back to you with an answer there. So I think that when we're consistent in delivering what they're looking for. And they know, and because we've built up a track record over time, that what we're telling them is the truth, the best that we understand it. Then that's the type of thing that starts to lead to those relationships and solving deep down. Because I don't, you know, I hate, you know, the Titanic, Titanic uh, iceberg. What do you see on the surface? What do you see underneath? And how much bigger? I, I hate some of these yeah. trite, uh, you know, things that we talk about or, or see the examples of all the time. But that's what really what it is. And I don't want to focus on the ice that's above I want to focus what the core issues are. Yeah. Very Brene Brown feel on, on what you're doing <laughs> Thank here. You. Um, I love it, Justin. So listen, I've got, I've got one big question for you coming up here, but I want to make sure that listeners who are enjoying the show uh, can connect with you and, and maybe get an encore. I love all the rock star metaphors that I use. <laughs> maybe I'm the only one that loves them. Anyway, um, but I want to make sure that our audience can learn more about you and stay connected. Where do you send folks for you and the agency both? Yeah. Agency, simplest thing is to go to our website, directom.com. So it's the word direct, O is an online, M is in marketing, directom.com. Um, I'm on some social media, um, Twitter certainly can find there, but I'd really love people to look me up on LinkedIn. So I, I assume there'll probably be a link or, or mm-hmm. somewhere they can see the, the spelling of my name, but just Justin, S-E-I-B-E-R-T, would love to connect with people. Please just say that you, you saw me on the Rockstar show so that I, I, I know how you heard about me and would love to follow along and connect. Yeah. So be social because that's what social media is. Tell me how, how why you want to connect with me, not just sell me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and, and you've been there a million times, right? And, and people just reach out and you get those connections and you're like, do I know this person? W- what is going on here? But it's, hey, we want to have a conversation, do those things. Absolutely. Would love to connect. Yeah. Great stuff. Okay. So here's, here's my big one for you, Justin. Yeah. Uh, is there anything over the years that you've heard, you've learned, you've taught that seems counterintuitive at first, but ends up being the best advice ever and really has an impact on your business? I think this counts as an answer. Let me use this one. Um, It's a common one that I give out. Um, And if we're talking about the agency business, the the single biggest mistake I made was not doing sales training early on. And I think about how many opportunities I lost out on from not understanding from an operational structure of how do I find out the information is looking for? Because everybody ha- gives sales such a bad name. And we think of the, you know, used car salesman doing things underhandedly. Well, that's not the case at all. It's it, when it's done properly, <laughs> it's trying to undercover what is the person looking for and do I have something that can help them out? Um, and I, I, I wish I would have done that sooner. And so anytime I'm ever talking to agencies or I'm talking to entrepreneurs I'm saying if you haven't gone through this type of training before, it's it's it, it would be high on my list. And I, 
I say that as my number one. And Dan, understand that I look back every year and I say, I can't believe how stupid I was last year. So I've done a lot of dumb things over the last 15 years. And I'm going to continue to do a lot of dumb things. But that's the one I wish I would have corrected a lot sooner. Yeah. So, so sales training for yourself. Now, do you give that to your folks then too? Can they get sales training so that they know what they're doing in sales? You know, it's a, it's an awesome question. So our model is a little bit different that um, our people that are working on the teams don't really do any sales. They might bring up, Hey, um, are you doing SEO right now if we're running Google ads for them or something like that? So we can understand are there other ways that we can help them. But to that point, we're big believers in where can we take lessons that we can learn from and how can we apply them to other situations? Like we talked about with improv at the beginning of the show. So we absolutely take things we've learned from the sales side of things and we put in there. The the other piece that's really important to your question. um, You know, I think there's, there's a tendency sometimes among marketers to view marketing in its own little prism, as opposed to marketing is done in conjunction with sales to help grow the business. So the more they understand about sales and how we can impact that and how the two can work together, the more successful we can be for our clients. And that feels like it goes back, a callback to the very beginning when you sat next to sales doing the marketing and learned junk leads. Here's what you need to know, blah, blah, blah. So working in partnership with sales is so important, learning what they do. So good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, I, I, I'm thinking back to some places I've been where it's, Oh, those are the sales folks. They can go do whatever they want. There's that animosity towards them. The sales folks are saying, "Listen, we're paying your we're paying your salaries, and it's you know, that's the reason we're in business, but not necessarily appreciating what they do." So again, if we want to, if we're doing all of our comedy callbacks and we're talking about gratitude and, and those things, the more we can tie in together, the more effective we can be for everybody. Great advice. Great insight. Justin Cyber, president of Direct Online Marketing. Justin, thank you so much for being a rock star in the world. Hey, Dan, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.